The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney. In the next hour, you'll hear from some phenomenal people and healthcare leaders and learn how their challenges became opportunities. Our goal is to show you how you can positively influence your own life experience and purpose and achieve success. And now, here is your host, Danielle Delaney. Hello, and welcome to The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney. I am your host, Danielle Delaney. And today, my guest in the studio is Alex Sharfen, co-founder and CEO of Sharfen, C-H-A-R-F-E-N, an organization known for helping entrepreneurs create multi-million dollar businesses. In 2015, Alex discovered and wrote the book on the entrepreneurial personality type, an overlooked and misunderstood population throughout history. Today, having worked with thousands of entrepreneurs, Alex has become a highly sought-after speaker, author, and expert on entrepreneurial health and fitness. Wow, that's a mouthful. <laughs> Believing yeah. the, truth, the true key to success is found in the alignment among an entrepreneur's self, business, and relationships. And that's what brings Alex here today to discuss a very personal issue that affected both Alex and his relationship with his wife. For more than six years, Alex's wife, Katie, struggled with health issues ranging from cardiovascular to intestinal to emotional and cognitive challenges. After many years and through the miracles of research and Facebook, Alex and Katie discovered and later confirmed that all of her issues stemmed from a little-known condition, which is breast implant illness. Um, Alex, welcome to the show today. I'm delighted to have you to talk about this. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for having me, Danielle. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I want to enlighten my audience here and all of our listeners. The way I found Alex was because I happened to be on a Facebook page where some young women were discussing whether or not they should get implants. And they were women in their 20s, and I'm 20 years older than these women, at least 25 maybe. And they were saying, you know, should we do this to get husbands? And all of the men and women on the thread were chiming in saying, absolutely. And I thought, absolutely not. First of all, being a counselor, I would want people to be evaluated emotionally before they do something to their bodies such as this. And second of all, I had mine removed um, a couple of years ago, my own breast implants. And this is part of the reason why. So I looked on the, an explant illness page in order to give them a link since they were, being disagree- they were just disagreeing with me. And on that page, as I pulled the link from the page to put it on this girl's thread, I found Alex. And I had heard of him before, but I had no idea that he was dealing with this issue. So he had a video from a husband's perspective of what this is to cope with, and it's just what I thought they needed to see, not just our perspective as women, but a man's perspective as a husband. So if you could share a little bit with us, Alex, about your story and Katie's story, I would love everyone to hear what goes on with this. Sure, Danielle. So um, thanks for the introduction. I appreciate it, and I appreciate you having me here. 
This is, you know, like we we talked, I've done a lot of radio appearances and a lot of television, um, just never on a subject like this. So this is right. this is new for me. Well, good. I'm and, glad uh, sharing something personal really resonates with, with other people because you never know who you're reaching out there all over the world. No question. Who's considering this or who has no idea why they're ill. So I'm just so grateful for you, you know, to you for being able to talk about this so openly. And I talk about my issues openly because I have no secrets. So I, I appreciate you. So yeah, let's get right into it. Tell me, when did it begin and how did you figure it out? Let's, let's hear your story. So Katie, uh, about seven years ago, our second daughter was born, and um, Katie decided to go in and see, like, what could she do after nursing two kids? She mm-hmm. had, you know, her, her, her chest had changed considerably, mm-hmm. um, and she wanted to do something about it. So she went in, and I remember the original appointment was to discuss a lift, just a lift. Just a lift, and okay. So a breast Just lift. a lift. Mm-hmm. And what happened was she went in and she was convinced by the doctor that breast implants, and Danielle, you know, this is the problem, is that most women are hearing they're absolutely safe, mm-hmm. they can last a lifetime, mm-hmm. um, and that there's nothing wrong with them, and that you'll be okay. And, they're, you know, they, I mean, in some cases, women are even being told that the body has silicone in it already, so your body can't react to silicone. Oh, yeah. And Katie was told very similarly, similarly. Um, by her doctor here at Westlake Dermatology in Austin, mm-hmm. and um, Cameron Craven, who told her they're absolutely safe and she would never have a problem with them. Mm-hmm. And Danielle, you know, the, the challenge is, is that from the day she got them, there was problems. She had um, really intense healing that was very difficult. She had keloid scars. Um, almost immediately, she started having issues like trouble breathing. Um, but here's what happened. Mm-hmm. Throughout that entire time, you know, the, the implants went in, and then mm-hmm. she recovered from the surgery, and then there was other health issues, and no matter what doctor, what specialist, who we went to, no one ever asked about the surgery, and no one even ever pointed at the surgery. Yeah, no one put so two pa- and two together. It, it takes years to piece this together, well, how many issues it can cause. Absolutely, Danielle. We're, we're, we're very unique, Katie and I, because... We do very well, and I have a lot of friends in the medical industry, and I have a lot of physician clients and a lot of medical expert clients. So my access is the equivalent of what, you know, what, what maybe professional – actually, that's not true. I have better access than most people who play pro sports. I have better <laughs> access than most people, and I do. They're my yeah. clients. I can call them personally. Mm-hmm. And we saw – Doctor after doctor, we saw specialist after specialist, and I watched my wife get patted on the back of the hand, told that it was her, our lifestyle, told that it was the kids, told that she was trying too hard, doing too much, this was stress, this was reactive, and then it started with, you know, uh, there's hormone issues, and mm-hmm. um, then, then the thyroid issues, and then chronic fatigue, and then uh, the, the, all of these different things that all add up, and then we were headed towards Hashimoto's and all kinds of other autoimmune system stuff. And it wasn't until a friend of ours posted a video where she listed exactly the symptoms that Katie had, and we looked it up. And here's what's overwhelming. When you finally look up breast implant illness and you do just a little bit of research, you realize what a farce this industry is. I agree 100%, and I just want to chime in right there with um, not only are there websites and Facebook pages and things devoted to this, because people are in denial. They don't want to think this exists, and the FDA and, and all of these companies that make these implants, they don't want to talk about it. They're not going to tell women. They're not going to tell anyone what's going on, and same exact thing, you know, that I looked up. I looked into everything. My father's the president of the National Medical Association. I'm surrounded by doctors as well, and a few years ago, I, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, which is autoimmune thyroid disease, 
And I have so many friends with lupus and so many other autoimmune diseases. Same exact thing. Just delved into research and then found out this can be a huge trigger, and this often is it. It's so, the statistics are so high, and nobody is going, to, is going to, to shed light on this problem unless we really talk about it. So, yeah, tell me more. Tell me more. These symptoms, all of it. I just want to know all about it so other people can hear. So, Danielle, I don't think that, you know, and, and here's, I want to make a point because I think it's difficult for a male to talk about a topic like this and sound judgmental about women. I want to make something very clear. Mm-hmm. I don't judge any woman's decision to do this. Good. Because I think that the decision to get implants or to, to alter your body in any way is a very personal decision that the only human being who should be held accountable and who should be allowed to make that decision is the individual who owns the body. And Agreed. So, Agreed. You know, I, I want everyone to understand that I'm certainly not, there's no judgment on women. However, I feel a great deal of remorse and, and challenge because women are being told one thing. They're being told that this is safe, that there's no issues, that there's no challenges, and that you can keep them forever. And if the sales pitch was, hey, I realize you're in your 20s or 30s, you're going to spend sixty or $70,000 throughout the course of your life on reoperations and reimplantation. By the time you're 60, you're going to have a chest full of scar tissue that they might not be able to operate on again, and you're going to have permanent disfigurement at the end of this. And guys, here's where I got all that information from. The manufacturer's websites. If you bypass the doctor and you go look at mm-hmm. Mentor or anybody mm-hmm. else's websites, they will tell you you have to replace these things every seven to ten years. And exactly. while a doctor tells you, when a doctor tells you it doesn't break down in the body, that the silicon doesn't go anywhere, then you tell me what happens when an implant breaks down and ruptures. Over time, the, the shell, which is made out of silicon, gets thinner. Where does that go? It goes into the body. So the, the woman's body is in a constant state of detoxing this substance called silicone, which includes over 50 different carcinogens. Wow. I wasn't even aware that it's 50 different carcinogens, Alex. And let me say another thing. I remember I was in my 20s when I went to look into this. And, um, of course, they told me they were safe. And something that they love to say is these often... In a coffin, a body will completely decompose, but the implants are still there. Or if someone were to jump off a cliff and land that even if their body shattered, the implants are intact. So they, st- they say things to make you feel like these things are indestructible. Secondly, the people, I thought I was safe because they were saline. So it's, oh, I'm not putting silicone in my body. It's not so much the fluid inside. That can be an issue, yes, but it's the shell. It's the, it's the case that they're put in. And what I speak to people about, I'm not judgmental about it either. I was an actor and model in my prior incarnation in my life, you know, years ago from, from uh, 17 to 37. So I thought this was what to do to help my career, and same with so many women, and it actually did, which is unfortunate, but it did. So uh, it helped my career at the time, and then it continued to be an issue in my body. And you do say, they do tell me in the beginning at the, at the consultation, they said, you know, every 10 years, possibly 10 to 12, they will need to be replaced. But when you're 20 years old, that doesn't sound, that sounds like, uh, you know, years and years away. And then when I was in my 30s, I did have one that broke, and then it was time to replace. Now, here I am in my 40s, and I thought, I don't want anything further to do with this. I want them out. And it honestly is about what the case is made of, not so much what's inside it, although both are an issue. And I, play, I put it this way when I speak to women. Would you leave a condom in your body for 10 years? That's a foreign object. Would you want anything that is not natural in your body for 20 years or 10 years or five years or a year? 
And the answer for, my, for me is no. So uh, I think those are all really important points you bring up there. And so, Danielle, when, when somebody amazing. goes to the doctor, I have a suggestion for anybody who's considering getting breast implants, because I know that there's people who are going to hear this, mm-hmm. and, and I know you were in entertainment, and, and I have been in, in the past, too. I've done a ton of live TV and radio and stuff, and I was a model as well. Okay. So, so we I both know, did that in our prior lives. Okay. Well, and I know, know. The pain, I know the pain of self-judgment, and I know the pain of physiological judgment. I know what it's like when people are telling you you look great, and you look in the mirror, and you just can't see it. Mm-hmm. So I know what it feels like to feel like you need to go alter yourself. I've spent mm-hmm. hours and hours in the gym doing exactly that. Mm-hmm. So when somebody sits down with a plastic surgeon today, I want you to ask them, say to them, what percentage of your operations require a reoperation? And I'd like a real percentage. Mm-hmm. How many people have you operated on? How long has it been? Because unfortunately, so many of these doctors are coming out of school. They're getting trained how to talk in a very slick way with a good sales pitch. And they don't say things like, well, about you know, two out of ten come back in the first year to get a reoperation. They don't tell you how traumatic the healing is. And here's here's what here's what I know, Danielle. Mm-hmm. I've now talked to, to enough women because of the videos that Katie and I did in our profile that you're not all making it up. No. When you have a group of women that all say the same thing, they are they they have brain fog. They feel exhausted. They feel like they can't really understand or comprehend. They're losing time. They mm-hmm. feel like heart palpitations, accelerated, sped up. They feel like they, they really can't breathe well. They start having um, autoimmune issues, hormone issues, thyroid issues, then mm-hmm. stomach and digestive issues, and then weird skin rashes, and then all kinds of things that doctors say, hey, we don't have a reason for it, but we think you need to go modify your lifestyle. Right, they they put you and tell of women you it's have stress, and I love that you put that in your video as well. And in the list of symptoms, you said something that really resonated with me, and I'd love you to repeat it. It was about, you know, basically being diagnosed as hysterical women that were stressed out, and a lot of these women are new mothers, so that's why they've gone in. And then some people have breast implants after double mastectomies. You know, they have reconstruction done. So people are Which dealing with other most- things, and people tend the doctors are tending to steer them toward the line of thought and the train of thought of oh well, you're stressed out. Oh, you're getting older. Oh, you know, and, and it's kind of blaming the victim, really. And it's also just, you know, it's inconvenient for them to well, think about I mean, what we're really dealing with. If you look at the history of how women have been blamed for, their, for problems throughout the history of man, mm-hmm. uh, let's be honest, men have been blaming women for their menstrual cycle since the beginning of time. Thank you. And, and, and the fact is that when you look at something like this, I watched my wife who is a multi-million dollar business owner, a self-made millionaire, mm-hmm. who, who did not graduate from formal school, who used to be a flight attendant. And I watched her walk into doctor's offices, write checks for thousands of dollars, and get patted on the back of the head and told it was her. And for years, I knew that there was something wrong. For years, I knew that there was something that was not right. Because you know what happened, Danielle? I went on those meetings with Katie. I went on those appointments. And I took the treatments she took. We both did it. We both got healthier. And I got exceptionally healthy, and she went backwards. Mm-hmm. Wow, so, I love that you did that. I, didn't, I wasn't aware of that, that you did that at the same we time. We spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, and we have the receipts to prove it. So what was it, supplements we, and different things that you kept saying, try everything. this, try that, it'll cleanse your system? Oh, Danielle, when my, my wife was falling apart, so we saw functional medicine doctors. We saw acupuncturists. We went to chiropractors, rolfing, therapy, uh, all different types of psychological medicines and all different types of treatments, detoxes, diets, elimination diets. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars over the course of six years, and we have the receipts to prove it. My wife got her breast implants out, and 24 hours later, over half of the symptoms disappeared. 
Wow. That's powerful. That's really powerful because I love the fact that you were taking some of the same supplements or all of the same things she was, and you're getting better, and she's declining in health rapidly. And it, obviously, this was the problem. And I want to tell people as well, if some people aren't aware, I did just post something on my Facebook page, and there are YouTube videos, and uh, Dr. Susan Cole wrote an amazing book called The Naked Truth about her own issues with uh, saline and silicone implants, as well as how she removes them from people now. But uh, I want people to know that sometimes they come out, and they are covered in mold, they're black, they're ruptured, they're doing all sorts of things inside their body that we're not aware of. Mine were under the muscle, so God only knows what was leaking into my muscle tissues. It's really, you know, when we say autoimmune issues, that kind of is a blanket, and people who don't have them don't know what these autoimmune issues are. And when you say, you know, the chronic fatigue and all of this exhaustion, that's part of it. But also, you know, unexplainable weight gain, insomnia, not being able to Heart palpitations. Heart palpitations, exactly. And in my instance... Brain fog. Brain too much sleeping, not enough sleeping. Right, not enough or too much. And none of that's none of that's what we want, right? And in my situation as well, I had been assaulted and gone through so much trauma. Some people are new listening to the show, some some people hear me talk about this every week. But I had been kidnapped and raped and thrown from a moving vehicle. So I already had a brain injury. I already had knee injuries. I already had back injuries, not to mention rape trauma syndrome, PTSD. So all of this was going on as well. And then as I'm trying to heal from all of that, I started to realize something else was going wrong in my body. And I was finally, after three years of, of asking and asking endocrinologists who would not listen to me, and um, it was just difficult. And one actually told me to stop reading so much. And believe me, that was, that last, that was the final visit with that woman. But it just... When it turned out to be Hashimoto's disease, I thought, well, thank God, because they were telling me, well, you've, got, you've had all these issues. You've had trauma. You, you've, you're stressed out. And I thought, no, I, I'm dealing with my issues. I go to an EMDR specialist. I'm handling my life. I'm back in school so that I can counsel victims of violent crime and trauma. I know what I'm doing. I'm able to handle what has happened to me and deal with it appropriately. This is not that. And they like to lump it together and basically blame the victim. So I'm just, I'm just so glad to hear you saying all of this, that so quickly she starts to improve, Katie starts to improve as soon as they're out, and that your experience has just been so startlingly clear that this is what it was and that you've done such intense research. Mine were made by Mentor, by the way. Well, and so, Danielle, I so, let's, so I've had people say, because I've, I've shared this with people, and you know, there's a lot of people who are skeptical. They say things like, how could they sell them if they're not safe? And, you know, what do you, you know, if it was this dangerous, they wouldn't be on the market. And, and I've heard that everything's okay now. Well, let's just go back to the, to the, to the actual implant itself. Mm-hmm. Once it's put into a woman's body, the body starts to attack the foreign object with everything it has and encapsulate it. And what the human body does when there's a foreign object like shrapnel or a tiger tooth or mm-hmm. something that gets stuck in our body, mm-hmm. our body encapsulate that, encapsulates that thing to keep us safe from it. Yes. And what happens in the case of breast implants is that the woman's body takes a tremendous amount of resources and directs them at building this thing called a capsule over time. Mm-hmm. And what happens with some women is that this capsule, which is literally tissue, it's body tissue that your body builds, creates, uh, and, and, and wraps around the implant. And what happens with some women, a high percentage of women, get a thing called capsular contraction, where the capsule gets so big, it causes muscle seizure, mm-hmm. and it gets hard. And you can kind so of see body, it sometimes where it's high up, and you, you note it's noticeable, but it hurts. Well, and Danielle, when they take them out, you can crack them like an egg. Oh, wow. Because... 
what literally happens is your body is attacking this foreign object with everything it has, but it's just not enough. And I've had people say, you know, Alex, you go through this list of symptoms and it sounds like anything that could ever happen to a woman. Well, let's understand something. When you take a human body and you introduce a massive dose of toxins Mm -hmm. on a permanent internal drip, it affects every system in the body. Absolutely, from your endocrine system to all of your, all of your, your nervous everything. system, everything, everything. Women stop having periods within months of getting their breast implants in. Somebody mm-hmm. needs to, like, they, they, and then they go to a doctor, and the doctor says, well, let's put you on hormones. Wow. And those, that's a whole wild ride. <laughs> I tried progesterone once for, like, two weeks, and that was it. I mean, it's just well, the things that they offer as solutions can cause so many more problems when really the solution... Well, let's be clear, Danielle. A a woman with with breast implants, they're worth a lot more to the medical industry than one without. Pardon? A woman with breast implants is worth a lot more to the medical industry than a Mm. woman who doesn't have them. I would imagine, considering the maintenance, I would imagine... Well, how much have you spent trying to figure this out? Exactly. And, you know, it's, it's amazing to me that people will say this, but it's true. You're absolutely right. People love to say, well, they wouldn't be doing this if it, there was a problem. They wouldn't be doing it if the, if the if statistics were as high as you're saying, as one in four women. They wouldn't be doing this. My friends are fine. Well, first of all, yeah, your friends are fine. You're 20-year-old. You're, you know, your friends are 22. My friends tend to be 48 and 50. So I know that they're not fine, and I know that they've had two, three surgeries, and I know that there have been problems and ruptures because time has passed. And also, there are so many things that used to be fine to, for human beings. People thought smoking was just fine years ago. And other, what can we say? Well, they wouldn't sell cigarettes if there was a problem. Of course there are problems. And vaping, all these things that people are acting like they're just fine, this isn't the first thing. And everybody's behaving as though this is the first time that the FDA hasn't told us things. There's also a device called eSure that was made by Bayer. And there's a huge lawsuit now because women had to have hysterectomies because of it. And I oh. came this close to getting that. No and kidding. Bayer is tied in. That's all tied in with Monsanto. I mean, this is, it's a conspiracy and we're not crazy. We're we're, we're outing them because somebody needs to. Becky, if we look at the history of medicine and women, the medical industry has a habit of habitually overlooking and abusing women for the entire history of the medical industry in America. And I'm sorry to all the female doctors out there, but it's mm-hmm. a fact. The it reality, is a fact. The reality is, and, and I know your doctor is, the, your, your father is the president of the AMA, then you can confirm this. NMA, National Medical until, Association. Uh, uh, sorry, sorry. Mm-hmm. But up until just a few years ago, 100% of the FDA clinical trials on medications mm-hmm. that, that had a mixed study where it was men and women, if women's periods threw off the results of the study, manufacturers of the drug just removed the women from the study. And so all women. Wow. And so, so for things like Ambien, which mm-hmm. I don't know if, you know, your listeners or you remember, do you remember a while ago when women were driving their kids into lakes and taking trucks off of, of bridges and stuff? Oh, yeah. Those were ambient overdoses. Yes, I remember hearing about that. And if you trace those that. back, well, here's why. The FDA, in all of their wisdom, excluded female results, so women were getting a 400% dose of Ambien every time they were getting a prescription. So wow. the medical industry doesn't have a lot of care and respect for women. And they've been putting p- things in women's bodies forever. It's not just in the last century. It's been centuries, and mm-hmm. it's never worked out. 
No, there have been IU, there have been babies born with an IUD in their fist. There have been women with toxicity issues from different breast, uh, not breast, uh, birth control issues and devices. Like I was mentioning that one, Ishur. And um, I mean, it, it's just we're not given the proper information, and so we can't be blamed for making poor choices because we don't know any differently. And in your situation, as you're saying, you had the resources. I didn't really have the resources at the time. I had just come through this trauma. They also did all some bank fraud. They had my purse for the hours that I was kidnapped and assaulted, so it added insult to injury. But all of my accounts were drained. My credit was damaged. It was a nightmare. It was really difficult, and it took years to rebuild my life, including going back to school and learning to walk again in, a, in the proper way and, and a lot of it. But not having the resources and having disability, actually, at the time and having these doctors be so dismissive, women doctors as well, some, some that were women, it was, I mean, for someone whose spirit wasn't broken from kidnap and repeated rape, you would imagine, that it was already pretty strong, but dealing with this was bringing me to tears even more. I was falling apart because I couldn't understand what was wrong. Nobody would, would diagnose the Hashimoto's, and once I found out I did have it, I thought, well, autoimmune diseases stack people. They stack on one another, so if you have lupus and you have implants, well, then, I mean, when you have one autoimmune disease anyway, they can stack, so you can end up with diabetes, Hashimoto's, Sjogren's syndrome, Raynaud's syndrome, and they all have a host and list of, of side effects and problems that come along with that autoimmune disease. So having implants, once I knew I had Hashimoto's, I didn't want them to start stacking the autoimmune diseases. So that was it. It was, I need to get these out. And I just want to present some options to people if that's what you're thinking of doing. Care credit, there are, there are multiple ways to finance that if you decide you want them out. But it's really, really such a disappointment to me just to hear how many people aren't aware and to find out how many people actually will argue with me about this, which is the reason why this topic chose itself for the show. You know, just looking mm-hmm. at how many of these young girls were saying, we're going to be fine. And I don't know that I wouldn't have behaved that way in my 20s as well, because I thought I knew everything, which is dangerous. And I also, uh, my parents did not know I went to do this. I went out of town and did this. So they wouldn't have had it. If I told them, that would have been that. But I didn't. And it's just a very dangerous thing, what you're telling me that I wasn't even aware of, of, of the deeper history of how much deception goes on. So I'm oh, just I mean, glad to have you telling if, everybody. Danielle, if you go, and, and, you know, I'm a little bit of a research nut, and, and that's kind of what I've known for in my real life. I'm a, I, you know, I teach entrepreneurs how to grow businesses, but I've also read a tremendous amount and absorbed, absorbed a ton of information. And if you go back to the very beginning of this whole breast implant controversy, you know, the, the FDA has actually come out and said breast implants aren't safe. But they don't, nobody actually says that they said they're not safe. What they say is, you know, there's, there's degrees of safety, but they, they really are not safe devices. If you look at the FDA warnings, they warn that these are devices where there's a considerable risk. The problem with medicine in the United States is that when there's a profit motive on, on practicing medicine, a doctor can walk in the room and lie to you. They can say there's no problem. It's okay. Um, they're absolutely safe. You're not going to have to change them. I never have this problem because you know what? Doctors are allowed to share medical opinion. Mm-hmm. The problem is when the medical opinion comes with a five to $20,000 price tag on the back and then reoperations and other things that they're going to get paid for as well, medical opinion gets very, very jaded. I want to go back and talk about that in just a minute. Hold that thought because we're going to take a short break. But before we take the break, would you throw out just your your website? We'll come back and give out some more handles to reach you, some more URLs and links. But what's your website? Absolutely, Danielle. It's sharfin.com, C-H-A-R-F as in Frank, E-N.com. Okay. Sharpen.com. 
All right, we'll be right back with Alex Sharfin, and we'll speak some more about this in just a moment. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Why? Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Most of us have experienced the loss of a loved one, be it a friend or family member. There are all kinds of questions and emotional pain that we go through, but you can move on. Listen for From Morning to Morning with Rabbi Mel Glazer. It doesn't matter what faith you are or if you even have no faith. You are sure to find meaning in Rabbi Mel's words and personal experience, as well as that of his guests. From Morning to Morning airs live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney. If you'd like to connect with Danielle, feel free to send an email to therealdealwithdanielle at gmail.com. That's therealdealwithdanielle at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And you're back listening to The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney. This is Danielle. We've been speaking to Alex Sharfin, and now we have Dr. Malmed on the, on the line with us as well. So, Alex, would you care to introduce Dr. Malmed? Sure. So my wife went out looking for a surgeon and, you know, Katie had some pretty strong convictions that she wanted somebody that wouldn't put implants in, that had been taking them out for a long time, that believed in breast implant illness. And we didn't find just somebody who met all those requirements. We met one of the most incredible physicians and surgeons I've ever met. And I shared earlier that I have over-the-top access to the medical industry, but there is this genius named Dr. Melman in Dallas who you all are going to get introduced to right now, but he is one of the most logic-based, principle-based, ethical doctors I've ever sat down with, who within five minutes of my wife sitting down in front of him, she was in tears, not because she was upset, because for the first time in six years, she felt relieved. Mm. Welcome, Dr. Dr. Malmet. After that introduction, it's hard to live up to it. Uh, I appreciate <laughs> the kind words, um, my background is that I used to do implants like every other plastic surgeon, but the evidence became overwhelming that there's something wrong with this procedure, that it affects a woman in so many ways, both physical, emotional, and in, in fact, that many of them are toxic from the product. And so from 1993 onwards, I have done nothing but remove breast implants. 
Wow. Unbelievable. I'm so, I'm so glad to have your voice added to this show today because having your expertise, pardon me, expertise is just priceless. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the cases that you've had and, and why, why this is so dire at this point? It's been hidden from everyone. Well, basically, there are three major, well, four major problems with breast implants. The fourth being that many women are made much too big for what their body is. Mm. Um, this obsession with enormous breasts uh, is, is ridiculous. But putting that aside, which is technical, um, fundamentally, all breast implants will rupture with time. The, this is a time-dated uh, system. And the longer they're in, the higher the incidence of rupture. The second is that all foreign material uh, gets what's called encapsulated. The body doesn't like foreign material, so it walls it off. And in doing so, the implants are surrounded by scar tissue, which with time gets thicker and harder. And in fact, after many years, becomes calcified, which makes it difficult when you're doing breast examinations for breast cancer because calcification is the one thing that you look for. The last thing is that many women have an autoimmune response to silicone. Uh, this, thank God, it's only a small percentage, but it's a significant percentage. Mm-hmm. Silicone acts as what's called an adjuvant. It's like using two parts of epoxy glue. You have to have the catalyst to make the glue work. And when silicone is added to the immune system, women have tremendous symptoms, some of which are really debilitating. Unbelievable. And now that you're saying that the case of the implant, so even if it's saline inside, it's encased in silicone, correct, at all times? The wall or shell of all implants is silicone. The content okay. they put in varies, and they've tried everything uh, to get away from silicone. They've used oils, which are, have been a disaster, and hydrogels, which are not available in this country any longer. Mm-hmm. But either you have silicone gel or saline. Okay. Dr. Malma, do you have a website that you can give out so that people could reach you and know where you are and do some research looking into you and finding out what they can do if they're having these problems? I, I regret that I do not have a personal website. Um, I'm, my, most of my patients come word of mouth, um, so I'm afraid I do not have anything that I can offer in that respect. I can give a phone number, Daniel. Okay. All right, yes. great. And it's Dr. Edward Malma, correct? Yes. Okay, and is that and M-E-L-M-E-D? Correct. Okay, fantastic. People will be able to find you, I'm sure. Oh, I'm just so, I'm so grateful for your time. Thank you for sharing your expertise. If there's anything else you'd like to tell us that you think is just imperative for people to know, please well, the, tell us. Well, there's just one thing I'd like to add, that because you've got a big audience that encompasses many different places, mm-hmm. women go to plastic surgeons and complain of the symptoms that constitute silicone sickness. And most of the time, they discount it. The doctor doesn't write it down. And he says, there's nothing wrong with you. You've got a bad husband, bad children, bad environment. Whereas in actual fact, they are reacting to the silicone. I urge them, if they do have any weird illnesses uh, that don't conform uh, and are misdiagnosed as fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue, things like that, to pursue this because it may well be the implants. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you so much for your expertise. It means the world to hear it from your mouth. And I do know how well-respected you are. As I was researching before I had my explant surgery two years ago, you were one of the doctors I ran across first. So I'm in California. Danielle, I'm in Los I, Angeles. Can I interject yeah, a point fantastic. really quick before we lose, Dr. Oh, Melman? by all means. So I just want um, everyone to understand that this is from, again, a husband's point of view. My wife got implants because she wanted to look better. And after she got them, I thought that aesthetically she looked better. Um, in fact, if somebody had said, did it work? I would say, yeah, I mean, they look better. They're, they're higher. They look different. Mm-hmm. And I think they look aesthetically better. But um, doctor, my wife went in to get D-sized breasts, and she ended up with a double G. She wow. had 400 cc implants put in. Not that she requested them, just the doctor thought that was the right idea. Mm. The day after my wife's explant surgery... Her breasts looks be- looked better than they ever did with implants. But I think that's specifically because Dr. Melman is an artistic genius. Oh, fantastic. Oh, God, hearing both of your testimonies about, about what you've been through and what you've observed and the surgeries that Dr. Melman has performed, I, I can't thank you enough for just doing what you do, Dr. Melman. So thank you. Well, I appreciate you having me on, and I wish you good luck, both of you. Thank you so much. It's been my honor and my pleasure. Likewise. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Alex, I want to get right back into this. And I was talking about uh, before the break, you and I were both mentioning that, you know, there's other surgeries to follow after the first surgery. And what I did not know at 22, 23, I can't even remember exactly how old I was. um, When they say 10 years later, they're going to have to come out. Something that's not told to a lot of people is that your skin heals differently at 32 or at 35 than it did at 22. And then that was because one had broken that I had to have it out. And that was clearly, you know, almost 10 years later, so almost true to form of what they said. But that was an issue. I, my, I didn't have the money after what had happened to me, what I've already mentioned had happened to me, what I've been through. My mother liquidated an IRA, and I've been paying her back ever since in order to help me with that because she was the parent that felt she should be supportive through it. I, they both weren't in this instance. It was just my mom. My dad felt like, I have no idea you did this. This is your problem now. And he's a wonderful man. But to be honest, at that point, I thought, you've got to be kidding. I'm on my own. And, um, and I was studying and in school. I didn't know what to do. So it became expensive. And then I didn't scar as well the second time when I was, uh, it was 2005, 2005, right before everything happened to me. So then this next instance, I'm 47. So I had surgery, I guess, two years ago, December. So I was 45. And let me tell you, the scarring, much like your wife, not pretty. Keloids, not doing well. And I thought it was only with darker skin who are prone to keloids. So when you told me that your wife also scarred, and I've seen pictures of your wife, and I thought, what's that? She's not dark skin. Exactly. It, it can happen with anyone. And it's just as we age, we heal differently. So women who are listening to this, men, I have no idea if this is an issue with pectoral implants as well. That's a whole other show. But just everyone needs to really think about it that just like we're treating the planet like we have another, which we should not, we need to treat this planet like it's the only one we have. And I'm a huge proponent of, you know, environmental causes and treating our bodies also like it's where we don't have another. You don't get another body to live in. This is it. So you have to treat this one, whether you're 20 years old or 50 years old or 70 years old, start thinking, if you haven't been, 
get clear on the fact that you have to live in this body for hereafter. So the idea of having these repeated surgeries and scarring differently, it's not about aesthetics. You know, I'm not, I'm not with anyone who considers himself perfect. So by all means, it's not about aesthetics with me. It was when I was 20, but now it's just about my health and being clean and clear and healthy. And it comes from the inside out and also the outside in. You know, our epidermis is our largest organ. So how about we don't put parabens and, and toxins all over that either that are absorbed. But this is such a huge issue. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about the scarring issue. What was your wife's experience with that? Because keloids hurt and pull. They're not comfortable. And I really was under the, under the impression it was more a darker skin person's situation. So yeah, tell me no, about she- that. She scarred. She had a really hard time scarring with scarring at the beginning. Um, the surgeon chose to do an anchor scar, even though she was getting implants. And mm-hmm. the anchor scar was a keloid scar, so um, you could see it. It was really clear. And um, now that was from the re- implant or the explant. The anchor that was scar. from the implant surgery. Okay. And then okay. she had a reoperation to remove the keloids, and it didn't work. They they came Same. back again. Same. And here's what's interesting, Danielle. You know, keloids are pretty rare. Keloid scarring is pretty rare. But mm. my wife had it twice when there was silicon in her system. Mm. And then after the explant, she's healing perfectly. Interesting. I've had them after so, the explant, so, but that may be because of my age or it could be because of my or skin. Maybe because you had much of the toxin left in your body. Could be. I think and it could be that I've had two implant surgeries. I had it exactly. implanted in my 20s and, and then removed and then replaced and now removed, you know, again in my 40s. So who knows? And that's the thing that bothers me is who knows? I don't like there to be open-ended questions when it's about what's in my body. But what can I do now? You know, these are, people need to think about it. I want everyone listening to think about it. People, your choices have a ripple effect throughout your life, and it can affect everyone. I mean, your kids that we're dealing with this as well. So it affects everyone. Actually, the day after my wife got her explant, she walked in the house, her explant, and she walked, the day after we got back, <laughs> she, the kids stayed at home, and we got back, and my nine-year-old walked up to her and said, Mom, you seem different. It's like you're calmer. Oh, wow. She could feel it. And, you know, children are like little sponges. They, yeah. they pick up on everything. They really do. They don't have all the blocks up that the, that the adults have. So they've probably been picking up on this toxicity on some level all this time for six years or more. They knew. They no know, question. and they can see the change. Yeah, there's no question. I think, again, there, not enough can be said for how toxic this situation is in the body. When you put a foreign, like Dr. Melman was saying, you put a foreign substance in the body, the body reacts. And how he, he was saying that the silicon acts as an adjuvant. That's kind of something that agitates the rest of the body. Well, there's this, this myth that's being perpetrated that some women have absolutely no symptoms. Well, here's mm-hmm. what happens, Danielle. Women are asked, do you have any symptoms due to your breast implants? And they say no. But if you stop a woman, and, and like I've done this with many friends of mine now since Katie found out what was going on. Mm-hmm. And also I've, I've had a lot of my friends do this with their wives. And if you, you have breast implants, let me ask you some questions. Think about this. Do you ever have trouble breathing? Do you, do you feel some skin rashes and tingling sometimes? Do you have some autoimmune issues? Are you having any issues with rashes or skin or anything like that that you didn't have before? And one of the biggest ones that I think almost every woman I've talked to is brain fog and confusion. Yes. They all say, yeah, you know, a little bit. And here's the issue. The longer they stay in your system, the more of the toxin it's possible for them to release. 
Wow. So this is, this is one of those things that only degrades over time, only gets worse over time. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't know. There was times where we didn't know if Katie was going to make it because the last few months she would stand in front of her sink. I just want everybody to know how dramatic this gets. Mm-hmm. If you have one of those systems that's really sensitive, we'd be standing in our bathroom in the morning and she'd walk out and go get a heart rate monitor that we bought for this purpose. She'd be doing absolutely nothing and her, her pulse would spike to 120. That's still. amazing and scary. And out, it hasn't happened again. And didn't you say something in the video where I first saw you that said something about your, your nine-year-old child being in an ambulance with their mother? Was that you? I mean, I've read, no. I've read a lot of things. Uh, was that? I don't think that was. Okay, someone else wrote something about you know, this affected their children, that they had a nine-year-old who's in an ambulance wondering if mom's going to make it repeated times going to and from the hospital because of effects of this. And oh, I just want to mention that. What's that? Yeah, the stories are crazy. The, the stories, stories that women tell. The stories are so intense, and people have zero awareness of this. And it was just bizarre that when I saw your video, I decided I wanted to do a show about this. And then, actually, like a week later, if I had not decided this, if I'm just based on seeing that, I had a friend inbox me asking if I knew of anyone to redo her implants. And I wrote mm. back, I can't in good conscience tell you to redo them, but I can tell you what I've been learning and that I removed mine. And so if it hadn't come up that day, two, two weeks prior, it would have come up again. So it was meant to be that we discussed this topic. And sometimes life is like that. You know, it's the tap on the shoulder, the whisper in the ear, and then you're knocked over the head with you. You're supposed to do something about this. So I just really want to bring those points up. And it's, it's great to hear how, how much you can share about how serious it was because I posted something this morning, a video from a documentary called The Monsters Inside Me. It's something on Discovery Channel. And they talk about different things invading the body, but this particular one was about breast implant toxicity. And I posted the video and wrote that I'm having a show on this. And let me tell you, the first person who saw it was a a younger, well, he's in his 40s now, a guy that I've known for years. And he wrote First World Problems. And I had to put a paragraph beneath it saying, Yes, perhaps, but there's a lot of people being very seriously affected by this. And if it were your wife, your daughter, or your mother, and they'd had a double mastectomy and got implants, or if it was just your wife, daughter, or mother, and they got them for other reasons, for aesthetic reasons, you wouldn't be saying, oh, first world problems and scoffing at this. This is can I, a big cover-up. What's that? Can I make a comment about that? Please do. And he, and he corrected himself. You know, he realized when I said the FDA and Big Pharma and that, I'm, you know, I want to expose this, then he said you're preaching to the choir. So he corrected himself in his defense. But honestly, people don't get it unless we're graphic about it. Well, and here's what happened. There's this very bizarre thing that happens in the medical community, the medical industry, and our community at large, mm-hmm. where when a woman stands up and says, hey, I have breast implant illness, Half the population looks at her and says, why'd you get him in the first place? Oh, yeah, and I don't think that that Blame is even a, I don't think that's a valid question. Exactly. I think I that's think an unfair, invalid question because what it's the irrelevant. woman is saying is, I've been damaged by a product. And what we do, how in hell do we turn around and judge the woman? Exactly. Because actually because if, if everything, said, hey, everything in, the, in, the, in society has pointed them in the direction that, A, this is just fine, B, this is desirable, C, you're going to look better. I told you that I got more acting and modeling parts when I did this in my 20s. That's exactly why I did it and exactly why I didn't confer with my parents, who would not have had it under any circumstances if I did ask them. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's amazing that that happens so often, but it's absolutely the truth that they blame the victim. And it happens in many situations, but in the medical community, 
community? Yes, 100%. Same thing happens well, let's be with honest. When the, women when a being woman drugged is or anything. Unbelievable. It's what were you doing? Why were you drinking? You know, give me a break. So I, I'm the, I mean, glad that, that you mentioned it. I was just going to make the point, Danielle, that you probably know as a survivor yourself mm-hmm. that in the history of man, when a woman has been attacked, she's usually, usually blamed. Yes. Right? All and the so time. here's what happens. Here's, this is a modern day. Uh, this is the same as before there was women's rights. And I don't mean the recent women's rights movement. I mean, I mean back when women were property. Right. Because what happens now is uh, a woman says, hey, I got breast implants and this company harmed me. And people stand on the sidelines and say, oh, look at her. She got implants. Mm-hmm. It's just not fair. It's not the it's right not way for fair. It's the it's same thing as women who, who 40 years ago said, I took birth control. And it damaged me and my baby, and everybody said, what a slut. Exactly. And what about all these medications that harmed children that people didn't know at the time that it was going to harm their baby or that it was going to make them infertile? You know, people need to realize and hold these companies accountable, hold the FDA accountable, hold the doctors accountable. People knew what these things are causing. I can't even remember which, product, which uh, medic- medicine it is that that children's teeth have issues, but there's so, so many things cause birth defects. So the amount of things that are being put in women's bodies because they're just kind of dismissing our own experience, our subjective experience, it's, it's ridiculous, really. And going right back to what you were saying about blaming the victim and that it's been going on since the beginning of time, believe me, as someone who went through two assaults in 19 months, both random, strangers, things that nobody could have predicted would happen, the second time, guess what I heard? Well, maybe you always think that you've been raped. Oh, well, you're on, you're on um, on uh, benzos because you can't sleep. Well, yeah, what are, what are you doing? What are you doing that that happened twice, Danielle? Right? Exactly. What were, exactly. You, what were you doing that that could happen twice? Like, Thank what you. kind of BS is that? It's bullshit. Well, pardon me. It's bull. And <laughs> I have to remember <laughs> here. It's it's bull. And uh, I have a little little bit of a potty mouth some of the time, so I have to always edit myself here. But, but it is one like of those things that. It makes me so angry that it's really hard not to swear about it, and I usually swear and don't care, but not today. But the thing is also that, that when something like that happens, well, your statistics just went up when you've already been victimized. Second of all, it's why is anyone blaming the victim? And this happened in the Stanford case as well with the Stanford rapist with the slap on the wrist that's made me physically sick over the past few months. And I actually knew a woman eye doctor who said to me during my eye exam, well, what was she doing? And I said, I'm going to have to get a new eye doctor. You're kidding me because she said, let's not call him a rapist. And I said, let's be clear here. When someone is an athlete who is just very good at something, but they rape someone, they're not a tremendous athlete that made a mistake. They're a rapist who can also swim. And I wanted her to hear me on that. And I'm not going back to that eye doctor unless she has a conversation with me because I need people around me If I can't control the world, I can at least control who I'm paying and who's around me to understand that blaming the victim is never acceptable, whether it's a medical mishap or illness or rape or anything. Blaming the victim is absolutely out of of the question. And this is another circumstance here where women are being blamed because why did she do that? Why Why wouldn't she do that? I don't blame women for having implants either, especially in the industry I used to be in and just in the real world. You know, some women feel like they're better received than business or in anything because aesthetically they think this is the standard. And I had um, Angelica Bridges, who's a dear friend and also was one of the stars of Baywatch, the redhead who was on Baywatch for years on my show about body image. And we talked about inner beauty, outer beauty, misconceptions about beauty. And we didn't get into plastic surgery that day, but I'm having her back to talk about some of that in the future. But it's really... 
it's really not easy being a woman on this planet. It's not easy being a person on this planet in general with aesthetics being what, you know, held at the, at the standard that they are. And I wonder in the future, I mean, what do you think? Now people are getting implants on the other end of their body. People are getting, it's this obsession with the rear end now. Danielle, I'm sure those are, those are affecting different. people in the same way. It's got to be the same thing, right? It absolutely is. You know, I'd like to maybe say something just for the men who are listening. Um, do. Because we talked earlier and you said, you know, you had a big male following. Mm-hmm. And I think that for any guy, this is a really hard topic, especially if your wife has implants or is thinking about them or any of those things. And I just want to tell you from a personal perspective, for the last six years, I have lived in fear. I have um, been upset. I've lost sleep. I've felt... Uh, attacked. I didn't know what we were going to do to stop this onslaught of medical problems that my wife had. And over and over, we spent thousands of dollars on doctors and specialists and all kinds of different things. And when we finally figured out what it was, I want all of you to understand something. I couldn't care less what my wife looked like when she got out of that surgery. Mm-hmm. Because for six years, I just wanted her back. And there's something very odd that happens when you go through this surgery, at least for me, it was very odd. Because I thought that the implants were the better aesthetic result. I thought that the implants were like what you should like as a guy. I thought that's what I should have been attracted to. Mm-hmm. And I fully expected that when Katie got explanted, that there would be an adjustment and an adjustment to a different aesthetic that probably wasn't as good. I'm going to be honest and just say it, that I think every guy thinks that. Wow. I but, hadn't but even we considered that with that works for you. Well, Danielle, but we went to Dr. Melman, and here's what I want everyone to to know. The day after my wife got out of surgery, it was more attractive to me. She didn't look as as fake and as overblown and as, as, you know, she just looked like herself again. And I want everyone to understand that there is no aesthetic result that is worth your health. And for any guy who's listening, I want you to go to your wife and tell her she is not her breast, and it Thank doesn't you. matter. You love her, and you'll support her. Because I've now talked to dozens of women who have been through this, and the level of pain and fear and anxiety and self-doubt mm-hmm. and self-punishment that they go through throughout this entire the process is over the top. It's unbelievable. So go to your wife. What was that? It's unbelievable what we go through judging ourselves and no wondering question. what you guys are going to think. And I mean, thank no God question. I'm 48 years old and thought, whatever he thinks is what he thinks. I'm taking care of my body and my future, and I did what I wanted to do, and I needed to do this. But I, I love hearing this from you, and that's why I thought it would be so powerful to have a man on to talk about this and have a, a male surgeon and a male, a male uh, guest. I think it's so powerful that way. So I just continue. It's amazing to hear what you, have, what you feel and think about it. Well, I want, I want every guy to just think about this. If there was anything that ever happened to you and it changed how you look and that cha- affected how your wife felt about you, what would that do to you? And for anyone who has a spouse that might be dealing with, for any guy out there, go to your wife, tell her you love her, tell her it's going to be okay, and that it doesn't matter what the result is here. You just want her to be healthy. Because the alternative to that is staying silent being okay with this, understanding that your wife's health might be in jeopardy, and you saying that the aesthetic result is more important than her health. Guys, you can change 
this situation dramatically for your wife by just showing up, being supportive, going to the appointments with her, believing the symptoms, and going and finding a doctor that can help both of you get through this. Because I've talked to a lot of women that are going through this on their own, and I wouldn't wish that on anyone, especially if they're married. It's terrible. And, you know, I don't want to be heteronormative, too. You know, some women have women that are partners, and those women need to be strong for their woman going through this. And some women have men that are their partners, and now we're thinking about pectoral implants, and, God, it opens up the world and the idea of even, I know a lot of people here in L.A. even have calf implants, pec implants, this kind of implant, all sorts of implants. Whatever they've left in their body is probably creating some problem or it's going to. So male, female, or otherwise, you know, I just don't want to be heteronormative ever about everything, and I just want to make sure people support your partners, support your loved ones, support your your family members, be supportive of your daughter, son, sibling, whoever's going through this, they didn't know this was what they were choosing. They didn't have all the information. So now that they do, you know, when you know better, you do better. They'll choose differently, but support them. So what you're saying is invaluable. Now, I want to give out a couple of links in case people want to reach me, and that would be the real deal with Danielle at gmail.com is how you can email me. My website is DanielleDelaneyCounseling.com, and you can find me on uh, Twitter at, at it's no, it's at Danny, at it's Danny Delaney, I T S D A N I D E L A N E Y. And on Instagram, it's just at Danny Delaney. So those are the ways to reach me. You know, you can pretty much send smoke signals, whatever you want, you'll find me or just Google me. So how about you, Alex? Do you have any other ways to be reached that you'd love to throw out there right now before we close? Yeah, if anybody wants to, they can go on Facebook and look up our group, Entrepreneurial Personality Type. If you type in the letters E as in egg, P as in Paul, T as in Tom, uh, EPT. I know that that's also early pregnancy test, but I couldn't help it. So, <laughs> But type that in and you'll, Memorable. you'll, you'll pull up entrepreneurial personality type, and that's our Facebook group. We have a lot of information in there. We'd love to connect. Okay, great. Alex, I can't thank you enough for being here. I think it's extremely powerful that not only you being male, but Dr. Malmud being male, and both of you coming together to share this information. It's empowering. I'm on the Empowerment Channel here. I'm here every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. And uh, everyone, until I speak to you again, be well and do well. And Alex, Thank you again. Thank, I can't thank you enough from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week. Be sure to catch The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney live every Tuesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait for you to see what's in store next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.